You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from the great city, Orlando, Florida. That's right, in the backyard of Mickey Mouse himself. Thanks for listening today. I know that's, I say this a lot, but really, I mean this. Thank you for listening. Uh, just a quick reminder, if you've not done so, please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. If you're someone that maybe uh, you're listening to this on the website, or maybe you just stream it, you know, if you find it on Twitter or Facebook, if you could do us a huge favor, go on over to whatever podcast app you're using. So that's the podcast app on your, your iPhone or your or your iPad, uh, whether it's Podcast Addict on an Android or anything like that, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, whatever. Head on over, search for Theology for the Rest of Us, hit that subscribe button. It's a big deal. And for those of you that are regular listeners that are already subscribed, if you have not yet had a chance to leave a review on whatever app you're using, would you do us a huge favor and go over and do that? Uh, those are a really, really big deal. They help us out a lot. They push us up the search rankings. And in essence, you leaving a review, let, letting the world know how much you love the podcast, uh, really helps us to reach more people. So if you could do that, it would be a big, big, big help. Thanks. All right, let's dive into the meat of this episode. Uh, a question I've been asked uh, a few times, not a bunch, but uh, a few times. And I actually saw someone, a Facebook friend of mine, talking about this on a Facebook thread. So it motivated me to to do this question for the episode today. And that is, is Judas in heaven or in hell? Just in case you're not familiar, Judas was one of the 12 disciples that Jesus mentored for more than three years. And he was the one who betrayed Jesus. Uh, the, the Jewish leadership were trying to conspire to arrest Jesus and have an, an impromptu trial at nighttime. They didn't want to do it in public. They didn't want people to know because Jesus was getting very popular and they were afraid that if they had Jesus arrested, that they would have a, a riot or an insurrection and that, that they would, people would, you know, attack them, you know, cause, a, you know, some sort of uprising or whatever. So they had this conspiracy but some of them didn't know what Jesus looked like or, or they didn't know where he was going to be. And a lot of them clearly knew who he was and what he looked like, but they didn't know how to get to him in a private setting where he could be arrested in secret. And so they needed someone on the inside to kind of cons- to, to conspire with. So they, they were able to somehow get to Judas and they offered to pay him money, uh, a small amount of money to basically betray Jesus. So he would sneak out. When he knew exactly when Jesus was in a place where he could be arrested in secret, he would go get the Jewish leadership. They would go get the Roman centurions and Roman uh, you know, uh, soldiers to come in and arrest Jesus. And there was going to be a crowd of people there, and they weren't sure just, you know, uh, you know, they, when, the, when the Romans were coming in, they didn't know what Jesus looked like. So they were going to wait till Judas walked in, and Judas was going to greet Jesus and give him a kiss on the cheek. That was the signal of uh, you know, who the, the right guy to arrest was. So they didn't just go in willy-nilly, you know, and arrest anyone or cause a, a riot or whatever. But um, little they didn't know that, you know, they the, the Roman soldiers were expecting a fight, obviously. They weren't expecting for Jesus to basically just give himself up in this moment. So very unique, obviously. Uh, you can read about this in the Gospels. 
Um, but Judas, who had been hanging out with Jesus for more than three years, mentored by Jesus, he he saw the miracles. He participated in the ministry of Jesus. I mean, how do you hang out with Jesus all this time and still be willing to deny him or betray him? Um, and so there's lots of people who ask the question, you know, Jesus, you know, he, he betrayed Jesus. Um, right, right after Jesus is arrested, uh, Judas does indeed try to give the money back. He seems to have, in some extent, feel... Uh, feel regretful or guilty for what he did. He tries to give it back. Um, and then eventually the Bible tells us that he uses the money to go buy a piece of property and he commits suicide on this piece of property. Kind of a kind of bizarre, crazy thing, how it goes down. Uh, but that's what the Bible tells us to be absolutely true. And so the question is, when Judas commits suicide and he's dead, is he in heaven or is he in hell? People wrestle or, or argue about this. Um, right before uh, Judas betrays Jesus. The Bible tells us that Satan entered him, that he was being, you know, he was possessed and controlled by the devil himself. And the devil was there, uh, you know, orchestrating this. And so some people say, listen, if he was a real Christian, if he was really loved, you know, really in love with God, there's no way that Satan could possess him. And I do agree. I think there is uh, some biblical evidence, not not a lot of biblical evidence. It's not 100% clear, but there is some biblical evidence that if you are a true Christian, that if God has rescued you and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, that that a demonic force or a satanic a satanic force would not be able to enter your body and would not be able to possess you. That there could be some oppression or attack, but you could not be demon-possessed if you are truly a Christian. Um, I think I agree with that. I'm pretty sure the Bible does, it does seem to point to that. Uh, however, uh, this, of course, is before the cross, and this is before the Holy Spirit is indwelling the disciples. So that doesn't happen until until later in the book of Acts. So it's possible that maybe Judas really was, you know, really lived love Jesus and Satan entered him because he didn't have the Holy Spirit living inside of him. Or it's very possible, and I think this seems more likely, is that Judas never really loved Jesus. He was just in it for himself. We also see this, that uh, the, the Gospels tell us that, Satan, that excuse me, that, J, that Judas um, was stealing from the poor box. He was kind of like the accountant of the, of the disciples, that he was stealing money or embezzling money. Um, clearly, Judas has a track record of, of not being a, a good dude. So in addition to that, there are people out there that will say, well... You know, Judas betrayed Jesus. There's no way that he was really a Christian or really saved. Obviously, they didn't even use the word Christian at that time. But he he really wasn't in covenant with Jesus. He wasn't a real believer, a real follower, because he betrayed Jesus. Well, in, in some ways, Peter also betrayed Jesus, right, by denying him. That's definitely a form of betrayal. But we see that Peter legitimately did love Jesus and, and legitimately was a follower and believer in Jesus. He just, he was just flaky in some ways. And so I think sometimes the idea that Judas betrayed Jesus being evidence that he wasn't really saved is, is, is counterintuitive or, you know, it's counter gospel actually, uh, because all of us betray Jesus every single day in one way or another. So that, that, that doesn't seem to hold water with me. Um, some people say that Judas is actually in heaven because he repented. He tried to give money back that he, he seemingly felt guilty for what he did. Um, I'm not sure that he actually repented. He definitely did seems, it definitely does seem in scripture that he felt bad. Uh, there definitely does seem to be a sense where he recognizes that his betrayal of Jesus was bad, that he was wrong. Um, and, but a lot, a lot of people in the world feel bad or feel guilty for things they've done without repenting before God, right? Like you can feel guilty for something you've done, but not necessarily feel guilty or feel repentant, you know, feel like you're repenting because of your sinning as a holy God, right? 
Like the reason we need to repent is not because we do bad things to other people. The reason we need to repent is because we have betrayed and broken the laws of a holy and righteous God. And I'm not sure that the evidence of scripture shows that Judas understood that. And many people in the world, maybe maybe you're a Christian, maybe you claim to be a Christian and you feel bad for what you've done. But 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 like do you realize that your sin is like is dreadfully wicked in the eyes of God that your sin is not bad just because maybe you just you didn't really quite follow the rules no but like your sin is bad because it goes against the 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 holiness of God like that's a big weight we should we should realize that our sin it flies in the face of what the holy God desires and so Judas definitely seems to feel guilty for what he did there's some sense of a feeling regretful but I'm not sure that it's really a holy anger against his sin. I'm not sure it's really a holy form of repentance. I guess it's possible that it was, but but the scripture doesn't seem to lead us to believe that. Now you have some people that would say that Judas is in hell because he committed suicide and suicide is unforgivable sin. Um, but the Bible doesn't say that. Definitely suicide is, is, is wrong. It's definitely against what God wants, right? God uh, definitely has created every human in the image of God and to to kill yourself is to attack the image of God. Uh, it's the same reason why more murder is wrong, right? So suicide is against what God desires as is murder, but murder can be forgiven, right? I mean, you have Moses and Paul were both murderers and they both wrote chunks of the Bible. So obviously, you know, being a murderer or being someone who commits suicide doesn't put you in the category of automatically not being, you know, one of God's people, uh, clearly. But we have some people that would say, well, you know, the difference between Paul and Moses and someone who commits suicide is that they murdered, but then they repented. And when you commit suicide, you don't have a chance to repent because you're dead. And so some people would say basically suicide in essence becomes unforgivable. And this is not really an idea taught in scripture. Um, this was kind of an idea made famous by Thomas Aquinas, um, kind of a famous Catholic theologian in the Middle Ages. And and Aquinas has a, has a lot of uh, some people call him Aquinas. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, you know, he's he's a, a brilliant theologian who who offered a lot of great thoughts, but but a lot of kind of Catholic thoughts come out of that. And I disagree with what he says here. Um, he is the one that says you must confess your sin, otherwise it's not forgiven. And I don't see that in Scripture. I see in Scripture that when you come to faith in Christ, that Christ forgives all of your sin, past, present, future. Your sin is all already uh, you know, uh, wiped clean because God lives outside of the bounds of time. He's transcendent over time, so he can forgive all because he has perfect foreknowledge. And so I don't see that. I don't think that, you know, if you commit a sin and you don't confess and you go to hell, you know, because your sin's not forgiven. Um, that would be the case, you know, if someone is driving in a car and they happen to see someone they look lustfully at while they're driving, then they get in a car accident and die. Well, they didn't get a chance to confess their sin of lust. Do they go to hell? No, like this idea that you have to confess every sin before you can be forgiven is is contrary to the Bible. So uh, so clearly that, that can't be the case either. Um, th- there's some people that would say that Judas uh, is in hell because, because a person who really did love God would never commit suicide. Like some people would say that if you're a real Christian, that you would never commit suicide. So the very fact that you commit suicide is the evidence that you're not really a Christian. And, and I would say that's very short-sighted. I definitely would agree to some extent that someone who really does love God is less likely to commit suicide uh, because maybe they understand a little more of the gospel and a little more of their, their worth and the image of God. And therefore, maybe that would motivate him to not do it. But but to say that it would never happen, 
I think is is extremely naive um, and in some cases offensive. I think we see people dealing with things like suicide because of mental illness and depression and a lot of other reasons. And so I I, I would agree. I, w- I would agree to some extent. I would say it's not likely that a real Christian would commit suicide, but I also don't think it's impossible. I think it is possible that someone who is a genuine Christian who loves Jesus would simply be at a place where they would become suicidal. I think that is that is plausible. I think it's possible um, in some scenarios. And so I think it's unfair to say that if someone commits suicide, then they're not a real Christian because we don't really know. Um, and again, the Bible does not clearly or explicitly say that suicide is a sin. In fact, suicide is barely mentioned in the scripture. I mean, there's a few people in scripture that, that committed suicide, but, but there's not really a whole lot of dialogue about it directly in the Bible. Okay, so where does that leave us? Is Judas in heaven or in hell? The bottom line is, we don't know, right? We have no idea, okay? I mean, it, Satan enters Judas. He probably is not really a follower of Jesus at that point. He betrays Jesus. Um, he then feels guilty. He tries to get his money back. He doesn't seem like real holy anger against his sin. It doesn't feel like genuine repentance, um, but he walks away. He ends up buying this field and he commits suicide. Uh, is it likely that he was really a Christian? Probably not. Is it likely that he really loved God? Probably not. But we don't really know for sure, right? We don't know that maybe in that field, he did repent genuinely and he is in heaven even though he committed suicide, right? It's possible. Is it likely? No, it's likely that he's not in heaven. But I'm not going to say there's absolutely no chances that he's in heaven either. The reality is we don't know. And here's the thing we have to make sure we remember that we never do, that we don't clearly state things that aren't in the Bible. Like, Don't clearly say that something is or isn't when the scripture hasn't made it clear. Is Judas in heaven or in hell? He's it's likely that he's not in heaven, but he might be there. There's a small chance. So let's let's leave it at that. Let's just say we don't really know because the Bible doesn't tell us. Let's not try to force the Bible to say something that it doesn't actually say. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. I, I sure hope it's been helpful and insightful uh, as we deal with the topic of, of the man Judas, the man who betrayed our Lord. If you'd like to connect with me personally, the best way to do that is on Twitter. You can find me at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Our intro and outro theme music has been I'm Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm a star!